I'm your host, Rob Carbone. This is BD4. With episode 193 tonight on the podcast. What is going on, everybody? I am your host, Rob Carbone. With another episode of BD4. Brought to you by Anchor. Um, Excuse me. Man, my throat's already killing me tonight. Shit. Uh, BD4, where there is no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. So I hope you're all doing well. It is a, what are we on, a Wednesday night, as I am recording. As you are listening to this, it should be a Thursday. Um, But right now, currently as I speak, it is a Wednesday, December 9th. So, hope everybody's doing well. So Yankees, you know, it's been pretty quiet, obviously, for the Knicks um, as we wait for the preseason to start on uh, Friday. Whenever the 11th is, I believe that's Friday. Um, But as we wait for the Yankees, uh, or for the Knicks, as we wait for the Knicks, I figured, you know what, let's just talk about what's been going on in the Bronx, you know, or not going on in the Bronx lately. Um, But there has been some noise that that actually came up just as I was about to hit record tonight. So I had to, um, you know, delay the start of this recording. Um, so I could take notes on on the latest piece of information we got, and so we're gonna get on that. We're gonna talk about that, um, and then we'll talk about a few other things that have been kind of in the uh, in the rumor mill. Um, and so, you know, that's pretty much it. You know, just some more uh, rumors. But I, I, you know, I figured it was worthy of coming on because of what we heard just a few moments ago. Um, I'm pretty sure you know what I'm talking about. So. We're going to get to that um, after our first break. But I did hear one of the cool things I actually heard today uh, about the Yankees is um, it was DJ LeMayu and um, was Luke Foy on there? No, I think it was LeMayu and um, Garrett Cole. Sorry, I drew a blank there. Yeah, just so LeMayu makes the all MLB first team. And then Garrett Cole makes the All-MLB second team. That was earlier tonight, we found out. So, surprised Cole didn't make the first, but I guess it makes sense. You know, second team, no, I mean, it makes sense. Being that he wasn't that outstanding, you know. He was good, though. But, um, that was cool, you know. Don't really pay too much attention to, to individual awards, but nice to see them get the recognition they deserve. What is up with Luke Voigt not getting recognition? No MVP recognition. I thought he was going to win it. Clear cut. Didn't even get top four. And now he's not even on an MLB all first, all second, all third team. Is there even an all third team in MLB? I don't know. But fucking, uh, it was good that Cole and LeMayu were um, on those lists. So that was cool. Um, Now, again, tonight we're going to talk about the big news that we're hearing. um, And a few other things as well. A bunch of other things 
really. But um, we'll get to all that stuff, and, and so we're going to get to our first break right now, and when we get back, we'll get things started. All right. Subscribe to the blog or this podcast. Just go to my website to do all that stuff at nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com forward slash connect. Oops, sorry, audio issue there. All right, so um, yeah, I mean, so so we hear that Brian Cashman. This was a couple of days ago, uh, yesterday, really. But we hear Brian Cashman is planning on operating, you know, on a low budget this off season, right? He said he's going to operate on a budget. So, you know, I, I was expecting this, right? I was expecting them to use the, you know, we spent heavy on Garrett Cole excuse um and then obviously the, the whole covid thing messing up the finances in the market and everything understandable but it sucks you know because we've got the mets out here now trying to be cocky and cohen's out here spending and we hear them you know in, in these rumors with everybody and again talk is cheap but you know trying to get bauer they're trying to get hendrix they're trying to get james mccann we hear george springer george springer has popped up and they're trying to get everybody but, you know, he said he's going to spend it. It seems like he's trying to right now. But um, we have Cashman here, you know, the New York Yankees, not acting like the New York Yankees. And it seems like they want to operate on a low budget. So that said, you know, I still expect DJ LeMayhew to come back eventually. Um, you know, whether that be five years, 100, four years, 90, with a player option for year five, something like that. I think that'll be... The um the salary we're looking at the the contract that we're looking at, um, you know Voight and Frazier were advocating for him. I was reading some um some of the things they said. They they're expressing their uh you know love for having him on the team. So I think he'll eventually be back. I'm not worried about that. Again, this is something that's going to take time. Um, I think the Yankees would be ridiculously stupid. It would be out. It would be out out of this world stupid for them to let DJ LeMayu go and I think a lot of people would be upset almost to a point where some might even stop watching if they let somebody as valuable um, as invaluable as DJ LeMayu walk so I think he'll be back uh, we keep hearing Kyle Schwarber's name in the rumors uh, you know as the Yankees are potentially targeting him and I laugh at that man because as soon as soon that very night we recorded as soon as Kyle Schwarber was non-tendered, because that was the same night Gary was tendered, we made an episode, and we talked about it. And I said, right away, I said, I guarantee you, we're going to start hearing some rumors that the Yankees are interested in Kyle Schwarber. Why? Because they love that shit. They love the lefty power bat obsession. Even though we have enough power hitters, even though handedness doesn't, you know, I think it's overrated. Um, but but I know the Yankees love their power guys. They love guys who hit home runs, and they love the whole lefty idea. They're trying to get a lefty in here. They've been trying to do it for years. You know, they were hoping it was Bird, but it wasn't. So I just knew they were going to get that strikeout boomer bust guy on their radar. And there you know, there you know, it's fucking Kyle Schwarber. The second I mention it, it happens. They're starting. You're hearing rumors at least. I don't think anything's going to happen, but you are hearing some. You know, moderate. Rumors that the Yankees are potentially targeting Kyle Schwarber. 
it's it's too easy sometimes. Um, what else? Masahiro Tanaka. You know, I'm hearing, I think it was Michael K who said that there's a chance he might not return. You know, and K's been saying that since the season began. Um, but it came up again saying there's there's a good chance he might not be back. And so that sucks because I liked Tanaka. I thought Tanaka is a good pitcher, uh, was a good pitcher for the Yankees. He, you know, pretty average in terms of his regular season pitching, but for the most part, his postseason pitching has been very spectacular for the Yankees. Obviously, 2020 did not go well for him at all. He was absolutely pathetic. Um, but I, I do, I would give him another shot, um, maybe on a 15 year deal. Oh, I'm sorry, 15 year deal. Fuck me. Um, on a, I'm sorry, on a two-year deal worth 15 um, annually. You know, something like that I fucking wouldn't mind. But hey, if he leaves, he leaves. I just hope it's not to you know, somebody in the East. You know, fucking imagine if the Rays got him. Jesus. Boston. Oh, man. Um, even Toronto. You know, if they get some pitching, they're going to be a good team. Um, Baltimore. They had a solid or better 2020. Anyways, um, Tanaka, uh, James Paxton, we haven't heard a thing. I feel like we haven't heard a single thing when it comes to James Paxton, right? Have you guys heard anything? I've heard nothing when it comes to Paxton. For some reason, I've just heard nothing. Um, I don't care. Not that I want them to resign him. I don't, not a big Paxton guy. I think Paxton is very overrated amongst Yankees fans. I don't think he's near, near, the, the level that Yankees fans think he is. Um, I think he's a number three. You know, he'll occasionally have days where he looks like a number one. But then eventually he'll regress to the mean and pitch as who he is. So I haven't heard anything there. I haven't heard anything also on Domingo Herman. I know he's pitching well in Dominican League right now. I think the Winter League. Um, or some league. I don't know. He's pitching somewhere. I don't know what they're going to do. Are they going to cut ties? You know, that would make sense. I would understand if they cut ties. Um, then again, you know, I could also see the Yankees riding the baseball is a business narrative, right, and keeping them on. You know, after all, they do have Aroldis Chapman, different scenario in a way. Um, but, you know, we'll have to see what happens there. There's a lot of question, you know, with, with who's coming back, who's remaining, who's not going to be here, who is. Um but so you look at that rotation, and, and we said this before, it is very questionable, right? After Garrett Cole, it's very shallow. You need depth. You don't have innings eaters. You don't have that much talent to me. Um, I, well, you, you have potential talent, but, but it's just a bunch of question marks, right? So you've got Cole. You've got your solidified ace, you know, but after him, you know, again, Domingo Herman, what are we doing there? Um, he's a question mark. If we do bring him back... You know, you're pitching him after he's missed an entire year. You know, is he going to be the same? He wasn't even that great, that reliable when he did pitch. You know, he was a good pitcher, don't get me wrong, but we don't have a guy to get us over the hump after Cole. We need a nice one-two punch. If we're looking for a World Series run, I feel like we need a nice one-two punch at the top, and right now we just have a one. You know, we don't have... It's a it's your number one ace, and then it's a bunch of middlemen and back-end to the rotation guys. You know, back end of the rotation, guys. There's nobody who's a strong, reliable number two at the moment. You know, I don't see Herman as a number two. Um, I see him more as a three. Garcia and Schmidt, maybe they have a you know 
potential to hit that number two ceiling someday, right? But they're young prospects right now, and young prospects have little experience, so they're unpredictable. You don't know what you're going to get from prospects in their rookie years and their sophomore seasons. There's no guarantee there that they'll be your number two. Again, it's just, it's very shallow. Montgomery, you look at him, I think Montgomery is no more than what he has been so far for the Yankees, is a decent middle-to-back-end guy. Um, again, Tanaka and Paxson. What are we going to do with them? Tanaka might not come back. Paxson haven't heard shit. And then you've got Severino. You know, Severino is returning from injury. Um, I don't. I'm pretty sure he's not going to be ready right away. And um, whenever he is, do we expect him to be of ace caliber? He's had a very erratic career so far. Let's be honest. He was outstanding in his rookie season. Then he flopped as a starter the next year. Comes back, pitches great, but he flops in the playoffs. The very next season. He is a Cy Young winner in the first half. Absolutely just collapses in the second half. And the injury happens later on. And and now we're here, you know. So we don't know that he's going to be a reliable number two. I think he has a ceiling to be that number two. But what is he, you know, with all that's gone on, he hasn't taken the field in a while. What are we going to expect? Are the Yankees going to milk him? Are they going to allow him to pitch freely? Or are they going to put some kind of limit on him? I would expect they are. So... I, there's just there's no guarantee after Garrett Cole, guys. So that all said, um, we're hearing some things. We are hearing some things, and one of the things we heard tonight was something I would not be opposed to in certain aspects. So we're going to touch on that as soon as we get back from break. All right. Hey guys, just a quick reminder that if you haven't followed me on social media yet or subscribed to the blog or this podcast, just go to my website to do all that stuff at nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com forward slash connect. All right, so as I was saying earlier tonight, um, just about, you know, like five minutes before I was about to press record. I get, you know, I look down on my phone. I um, do one last check to see if the Yankees are doing anything. You know, I Google. I always Google Yankees throughout the day. You know, I like. I don't like getting notifications. It just bothers me. So I, I just on my own time, I'll, I'll take the time out to, to Google Yankees and see what's up. So I did that, um, and I see you know some tweets, because sometimes I'll have the tweets on the on the Google Google page. And fucking, it says the Yankees are, um, I guess, targeting um, a couple of guys from Pittsburgh. And there might be a potential trade this offseason where the Yankees send, um, well, they didn't mention any players, but we're going to get to who we think they might send over to Pittsburgh. But they would get James Tyone and Josh Bell in return. All right, so this is something I heard tonight. Um, those two guys are obviously the Pirates. Some would say they're, you know, I think most would agree. I'm not a Pirates fan, but most would agree they are the Pirates' two best players, James Tyone and um, Josh Bell. Tyone's a starting pitcher, if you don't know that, uh, and Bell Bell's obviously a first baseman. Um, why the Pirates would do something like this? Well, we, you know, we've seen them do this before, right? Um, I know both of these guys are hitting free agency in two years. 
Okay, and Pittsburgh, a small market club, not a ton of money. You know, they haven't been a stranger to dishing away their top guns, their top dogs in recent years, right? We've seen them do it with Garrett Cole. We've seen this happen with Andrew McCutcheon. Okay, so it wouldn't be shocking um, if they did not extend these two offers and um, or extensions and anything like that, and they looked to trade them as soon as they could. And so the Yankees have been one of the first names that are interested right now in James Tyone and in Josh Bell. Um, and why the Yankees would do this is pretty obvious to me. I think it's a it's a very typical New Age Yankees um, deal if it were to happen, right? Where, where these are two buy low targets. These are buy low targets. Targets who are, um, you know, the, the analytics are strong with them too. So. It's very Yankees. It's very Brian Cashman, 2020, right? Cheap and um, backed up by the metrics, um, these two guys. So it's a Cashman special, right? Both of these guys are under control until 2022. Um, Tyone is, uh, I think he's owed $2.3 million for next season. And I think Bell is owed, projected to be owed 5 to $7 million, um in 2020. 21. So again, cheap under control and um, probably won't cost you too much in terms of players. You know, well, if it's just, if it's just uh, Jameson, is it Jameson? Yeah. If it's just Jameson Tyone, I think it's not going to cost you a whole bunch. You know, it might cost you a Clark Schmidt. Um, If it costs you him, you're probably going to have to add in some mid tier to low tier prospect as well. Or it might cost you just a Davey Garcia. You know, but you're getting somebody who's pretty decent in return, right? Italian, uh, Italian, Tyone. The fucking way his name is spelled confuses the shit out of me. <laughs> it's not James Italian, it's Jameson Tyone. Um, but I would take Tyone, I wouldn't take Bell. Josh Bell, no, thank you. You know, the Yanks need rotation pieces, they don't need a first baseman, they've got Voight, they don't need a DH. They've got Giancarlo clocking that spot primarily. Um, and Bell is also just a similar player to Voigt, you know, but is a switch hitter and maybe strikes out a bit less, but he's not as consistent as Luke Voigt's been with the Yankees, right? He's had very uh, up and down years. You know, I think he had a strong second season. Then he hit only 12 home runs in his third year. Then he had the big 2017 where he hit 37 homers, um, 37 doubles, three triples, um, hits 277 with a 936 OPS in 2019. Uh, and then, but it was the second half of that year where he really struggled. You know, he had a really bad um, second half. I think June and onward, he was 237 with the batting average. So he's had a very erratic career um, versus Voight, you know. And, and then uh, Bell had a very, I, don't, I think we just said this, but Bell had a very poor 2020. He was not good. Hitting the two twenties, had eight home runs in fifty something games. Um, but you look at Voigt, all three seasons he's been with the Yankees, two and a half, whatever. He's been very strong, very sturdy, pretty consistent. Um, he just had an MVP caliber twenty twenty. So his stock is rising. Bell's stock is is, you know, not rising. And so I, I would not want Bell. I, I don't want him. I would try to uh, stay away from him. And if the Yankees are to make a deal with Pittsburgh, I want James, James, Jameson Tyone. I do. I think this is a kid who 
has some potential here, right? He's a six five, burly built, you know, right handed pitcher, um, who's still twenty nine years old. Um, former second overall pick, right behind Bryce Harper in the twenty ten draft. So, you know, people were touting him as a fucking big time pitcher, and he still can be a, a pretty good pitcher. You know, he's just had a lot to deal with. Um, you know, he battled testicular cancer um, in 2017. 2018, he has his breakout season, wins 14 games and in 24 decisions. Um, puts up a 3.20 ERA. You know, has two complete games. One of them was a complete game shutout. A good year for Pittsburgh in 2018. 2019 comes, he misses the majority of that. I think he only gets about seven starts before the uh, fucking UCL injury. So he has to get his second Tommy John surgery. He had one back in 2014. So he gets his Tommy John in August of 2019. Misses that season. Misses the uh, entire 2020 season. So he hasn't pitched in a few years. Um, But when he was pitching, again, back in 2018, people were saying that was going to be the start of his... um, you know, of his climb, that was going to be his peak, and, and he could still have it. You know, he's a high velo pitcher, a power pitcher, uh, with strong spin rate. You know, high nineties fastball, so an analytics dream. Again, this is probably why the Yankees are interested in uh, interested in him. One of the reasons. So he could be a decent rotation piece. Um, you know, kind of reminds me of a James Paxton, right-handed version of James Paxton, right? Big dude, throws hard. I'm uh, pretty sure the metrics backed up Paxton, too. And, um, you know, not old, but not young. So, I wouldn't hate trading for Jameson Tyone. I really wouldn't. I think he's a good pitcher. Um, and, and listen, in a market like this where we're not, we're pretty much not getting Bauer now, right, after what the Yankees went out and said about operating on a, you know, on a strict budget, after him, you know, the free agent market is very scarce. So you look in the trade market, that's pretty shallow too. A name like Tyone comes up, you know, it's more attractive than the rest. So you consider it, you know, something you think about. Um, But outside of him, don't expect anything else to be really exciting in terms of making moves for arms. You know, uh, (laughs) the rest of these guys out on the market, man, it's... The majority of them, you know, middling four ERA type of pitchers, right? Um, Lance Lynn just left the market. He just signed with Chicago. They got a pretty good one, two, three over there with him, Giolito, and Keuchel. Um, So that's off the table, a reunion with Lance Lynn. Um, You know, but if we're looking at it realistically, guys, it's not that enticing. Corey Kluber. Would have been cool a few years ago, but, you know, 2019 was kind of the start of his uh, downfall. You know, 580 ERA in 35 innings before the injury. 2020, pretty much misses the entire season. Pitched one inning this season. Um, fucking the injury with the grade two strain of, of something. He strained something. Um, and so, you know, he's 35 years old in April. Hasn't pitched, you know, in a while. Hasn't been effective in a while. When he was in his prime, he was very good. And he was pretty good in the playoffs in his prime. He had a very, very strong 2016 postseason. 
but after that, after those five starts where he was 183 uh, with the ERA, he's had a couple of rough outings. Uh, in his last three postseason starts, since then, he's pitched 11 frames and let up 13 runs. So you know, it's been a different story. He It seems like he's on a steep decline now. I wouldn't really offer him anything big, you know, um, if it comes to us and it's something easy, something cheap, sure. But I'm not that intrigued with a Corey Kluber. John Lester, another name I've been hearing about. No, thank you. He, he sucked the last two seasons. He's got a 464. That's over 232 and two-thirds innings. That's 43 starts over the last two years, so no thank you there. Was good in his prime again, but another guy who's, you know, washed up. Uh, we're heading that way. Garrett Richards, I heard that. I read it in an article. Uh, more of an idea, but I'm not really for that. Wasn't that good in 2020, 2-2 two two with a 4 3 um, And if you exclude his three-start 2019, he's coming off, you know, a year with his worst ERA since 2013, his third year. So, you know, he's not... Nah, he, he's, he just doesn't excite me. Nobody excites you. Carlos Rodon, I think that's how you say his name, he's also on the market. He's never had an ERA under four after his rookie season. So that's fun. <laughs> he's pretty average as hell. Um, you know, he had an 822 this past season in seven innings and then a 519 in 34 innings um, in 2019. 34 and two-thirds innings. So, you know, injury-riddled, below-average hurling <laughs> pitcher. I'm just not for it. Um, but I have heard more and more about this kid from Japan. Now, I'm going to pronounce his name incorrectly. I'm pretty sure I'm going to, but we're going to go ahead and give it a try. Tamayoku Sugano? Am I saying that right? From the NPB? Nippon Professional Baseball League? Um, he's a 31-year-old right-hander from Japan. Uh, and people are talking about him. Coming over internationally and, you know, the Giants posted him. And this is somebody who's been very good. He's an ace over there. Um, over eight years... In Japan, he had eight seasons where he pitched over there. He's got a 2.34 ERA. That's across 1,362 innings. So, large sample size, large success. More recently, he had a bounce back 2020 after a rough 2019. Um, in 2020, he goes 14 and 2 with a 197 across 137 in a third innings. Some people know him from the, uh, the WBC. You know, back a few years ago, where he pitched six scoreless innings at Dodger Stadium, um, struck out six against Team USA, and um, you know, was praised by Jim Leland. Um, that's where people know him. People remember him from that. I don't know. I, I don't. Yeah, you know, I wouldn't hate it. Um, I know the Yankees are interested. Uh, San Fran is interested. San Diego is interested. Obviously, since they just lost one of their aces in Clevenger. Um, Boston is probably the biggest threat right now. It looks like they won it badly. Um, I also expect Boston to bounce back in 2021. I don't know. I just feel like they're going to. 
Um, but he's a you know he's a good pitcher. He's a control pitcher. He's very crafty. He's smart. Um, and he's got multiple plus plus pitches. Um, and he's one of those guys who's well liked by his teammates. So um, I think the fastball sits around like 92, 93. But again, an, an analytics guy. He's got a very strong spin rate to his fastball, and his curveball has a pretty high spin rate as well. Um, you know, Frank Herman, who I was reading an article, Frank Herman, a uh, former pitcher for the Indians and also a pitcher uh, once for the Philadelphia Phillies, uh, he was quoted saying, this guy has elite control. You know, and Herman's a guy who spent, um, he has spent the last four seasons over um, in Japan in the uh, in the NBP, so... Something to think about there. Listen, he's a hard worker. He's going to eat you innings. He has the ability to strike you out, you know, almost a K per inning. But he's mostly just, you know, a pitch-to-contact guy. Um, But a lot of people are putting him in the tier right below Trevor Bauer in free agency, right? So you've got Trevor Bauer, you've got Sugano, and then you've got everybody else. That's what a lot of these um, MLB executives are saying. So you take that into account. You also take into, into account that folks were calling him, some folks are calling him a number four, and there you have your floor ceiling. So you've got a guy who has potential to be, you know, I guess if you're saying right underneath Trevor Bauer, so potential to be a number two, and at worst maybe a number four. So there's, you know, kind of your floor ceiling there if you're trying to get an idea of who Sugano could be in the MLB. Um, what else do I have written down here? People are comparing him to a Kenta Maeda, to Masahiro Tanaka, the way he pitches. Can't say much, you know, about Maeda, but obviously knowing Tanaka a lot, you know, paints the corners, um, stubborn, nibbles, but throw strikes. Um, now in terms of the price, you know, to sign someone like Sugano. In a traditional market, I'm hearing he he would probably command three years, thirty million. That's ten salary. But in the COVID market, I think it's going to be a little shorter, a little less. Um, we're looking at a projected two-year, twenty-four million dollar deal. Um, so it's twelve, obviously, for for each season. Um, in addition to the posting fee, which a posting fee is the Yankees, if they were to sign him, have to pay the Giants twenty percent of the contract's first $25 million, 18% of the contract's next $25 million in value, and then additional 15% after that to any money guaranteed thereafter. So there is a bit of a posting fee. Um, but all in all, considering the price and how he's been over there, I think that's still pretty reliable. You know, I would still take that, you know, I would still sign him. I really wouldn't be opposed to that um, if it were to be for a price around that range. Good pitcher, man. Uh, you can put him right below Bauer. I'm sorry, you can, put him, you can put him right below Cole. You know, right below Garrett Cole if he pitches. Um, you know, if he stays healthy and pitches well, you've got your reliable number two, number three. You know, at worst, he's a number four, so... I'm hearing about Zach Wheeler now, oh, more more so in just an article I read today, but 
you know, the Yankees have been linked to Wheeler before, you know, when he was with the Mets, they were linked to him last year. Um, him, Stroman. Um, but Wheeler isn't, again, nothing crazy. But like Sugano, he's one of the better arms on the free agent market after Bauer. 30-year-old left-hander. Um, I know Philly, their owner said, you know, that the trade rumors about Wheeler lately are false and that he, you know, doesn't plan on doing anything, moving their ace. Ace. Um, well, he did have a ace-type year in 2020. But talk is kind of cheap, right? Um, you know, the Phillies are... It's no surprise that it's no shock to anybody that they're um, not in the greatest position financially with some of the contracts they have on their on their payroll at the moment and some of the guys who are commanding some cash. Right, they're going to have to pay JT uh, if they want to keep Gregorius. He's going to get paid. So, you know, and they're also looking for a new GM, so he could have a different plan than what the owner does. And so, you know, the price for the Yankees, if you're wanting someone like Wheeler, you're probably going to have to offer a Floreal or maybe a Hicks, being that the Phillies are in need of a center fielder. That could work. And maybe in addition to one of those guys, a Michael King, because they need some young arms. Um, something like that. That's what I was reading about. Um, he's got... Here's the thing. I If the Yankees are, are on a low budget... I don't know that Wheeler is really a realistic option. You know, he's still got four years, ninety-seven million left on that deal. That's that's twenty-four million um, as a lugs tax figure for the next four years. <laughs> you know, that's a high figure for a guy who's has not been that great over the course of his career. Um, you know, for a team that's trying to stay under the tax, so. You know, he's a good pitcher, don't get me wrong. Five of his six seasons, he's had an ERA under the four mark, so he's a good pitcher. He's just not a great pitcher. He had a great 2020, sure, 292 ERA, but it was a small sample size, shortened season, just 11 starts. Um, you know, a guy who pitches and pounds the zone. He has gained control as his career has gone on. Used to walk a fair amount. Now he's pretty accurate. Um, throws hard, has great stuff, you know, analytics guy, spin rate high, all that shit, once again, Yankees love that, um, but the weird thing is it doesn't always translate into strikeouts, um, especially in 2020, he had a 6.7, very low, very mediocre 6.7 K per nine, <coughs> excuse me, so, maybe that's something Matt Blake can work on, the pitching guru that we call him, I don't know, but um, you know, he he's mostly a ground ball, double play pitcher. So Zach Wheeler, you know Sugano, fucking um, Tyone. Three names that we're hearing more and more, um, especially the Tyone thing, which which kind of erupted tonight on Twitter. But that's pretty much it. Fellas, that's pretty much all we've got. You know, it's just some more hearsay, but something I felt was worth talking about and bringing up as far as Jameson Tyone goes. So I wouldn't be opposed to Jameson Tyone. I wouldn't be opposed to Zach Wheeler. Really, I wouldn't be opposed to fucking anything as long as the price is right. As long as we're paying, uh, we're getting what we pay for, right? I don't want to overpay for any more people, any more players. I fucking hate 
you know, hyping up people. I fucking hate hyping up players like, like, like the fucking Paxton thing. When we traded for Paxton, fucking Yankees fans were acting like he was fucking the next Randy, uh, Randy fucking Johnson. And I said it from the start. I'm like, okay, this is a solid trade. It's okay. It doesn't excite me too much. And then I'm getting people telling me we traded Sheffield. Sheffield was trash. I'm like, I understand that, but Paxton is not that great. I like the deal. Don't get me wrong. At the time, I liked it. I'm just not a big Paxton. I think people were overhyping the shit out of him. Big lefty, throws hard, has good stuff, has a nasty curveball. He'll be an ace. He'll pitch as an ace because he, you know, pitched great for half of one season, one time ago. He's a number three, guys. I don't know. I'm ranting. All right, so so that's pretty much it. That's 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 it. Um, again, wouldn't be opposed to anything. Just make sure they are better than what we have now and worth it. So that's all we've got for this episode. We're gonna head to break. Um, you know what? No, we'll just head right to the. Uh, might as well wrap this up. Might, might as well do it. Might as well uh, head to the NYY NYK question of the day. Let's do it. All right. So tonight, our NYY NYK question of the day brought to you by Anchor. Or first, let's get to the answer to 192. So in 192, we asked you, along with J.R. Smith, talking Knicks, along with J.R. Smith, who else led the Knicks in three-pointers made during that 2013 postseason? So J.R. Smith and one other guy led the Knicks in three-pointers made. The answer to that question, it was Iman Shumper. I believe they both have 13. All right, so tonight's NYY NYK question of the day for episode 193. Yank stinking trade. Our question, which pitcher leads the Yankees all-time in wins? All right, pretty simple. Which pitcher leads the Yankees all-time in wins? So let me know the answer. Message me on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Or just comment the answer once I publish the podcast. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. That's all I've got. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Again, you can find BD4 on our many platforms. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. That's my page. Or you can find the podcast itself on Apple Podcasts, you know, iTunes, on Spotify, Google Podcasts, on Breaker, um, and many other platforms, wherever you get your podcast. Anchor. You can watch the podcast on YouTube. Um, and for all that information, my social media, the different feeds for the podcast, just go to my website for that. It'll all be on my website. So just go to my website, nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com. Guys, thanks so much for tuning in. That'll be it. This is your host, Rob Carbone, with episode 193 of the podcast of BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. And I'm signing out. All right, ciao.
This podcast is sponsored by Anchor. Anchor.